0: Welcome back to our Hinduism 101 series. If you missed our first episode, which talked about some of the common terminology in Hinduism, check out our show notes. We have a link to the first episode. Now that we're clear on the meaning and purpose of Hinduism, we're ready to listen in as Vivekji explains the two factors needed to follow the path to our potential, the guide and the scripture. Let's get started.
1: And greetings from Niagara Falls. In Niagara Falls, I serve on the police chief's inclusion council. And before every meeting, there is a land acknowledgement. Who lived here first? What did they do on this land? Being aware of your past, of our past, is a catalyst to being humble and grateful. If all were aware of their past, the Black Lives Matter movement would be exponentially farther. The vision of this course is for us to be aware of our roots from a relative sense leading to a absolute sense. Our first class focused on the jiva or the individual. Every jiva every individual, is seeking out completeness. Some feel this completeness by absence of pain. The special are seeking this completeness through the presence of peace. Sanatana dharma, as a verb, means unchanging responsibility. Sanatana means unchanging. Dharma means responsibility. When an individual engages in their unchanging responsibility to bring in the presence of peace, then Sanatana Dharma becomes a now. As a noun, this means infinite nature. Sanatana infinite and Dharma's nature. For an individual to feel independently joyous, this has to become real for them. And this does become real when they meet someone when they have a relationship with one who's not engaged in Sukha Prapti, rather one who has Sukha Prapta. Sukha Prapti is one who wants to be independently joyous. Sukha Prapta is one who is independently joyous. When you meet someone who's independently joyous, when you have a relationship with them, you come to feel that you also can be independently joyous. And without such a meeting, without such a relationship, we will only go through permutations and combinations of absence of pain. The life and teachings of one who's independently joyous revolves around discipline discipline, that there's more to life than pleasure, possession, position, that discipline has helped them evolve to peace. Today I read a most powerful teaching that when one lives by discipline, there death does not laugh. So the poetry behind this, a word for discipline is yama. A word for death is also yama. One who is disciplined, then death cannot touch them. There is no fear. Today's class is going to focus on sadhguru. our sadhguru. your sadhguru. Jiva Sadguru. The default for most of us is doing whatever we feel like. Sounds nice, no? To do whatever you feel like. If someone acts like that, just imagine what the result would be like. It would be like traffic in India, no? (laughs) In India... Traffic goes in whatever way people feel like. Some are on the sidewalks. (laughs) Some are inching towards other vehicles. Some are on animals. Some are on machines. Imagine sports, organized sports, where every player got to do whatever they felt like. It would be like playing soccer at our family camp. In soccer, you're not allowed to use your hand, <laughs> hands, but everyone feels like they can. <laughs> and anyone who really enjoys soccer, it's quite dejecting <laughs> to see such dismissal of rules. When one's default is to do whatever you feel like, you become a reactor. All that happens, you react against it. Even when someone brings more pleasure in your life, you react against that too. Leave alone saying, enough pleasure. In our Upanishad, and I'll share more insights into the Upanishad next week, there are two qualifications for a Sadguru. One is Brahmanishta. They are independently joyous. And number two, shrotriya, they're able to communicate their joy. Now, if you apply the rigidity of these definitions, most of us wouldn't have a sadguru then. Because if only the enlightened sadgurus, then Most are inaccessible to us. Anyone who's far along in mastering themselves can be one sadguru. Note, I'm not saying beginning to master themselves, because that's all of us. Far along in mastering themselves. One who lives a life of discipline, one who directs their body mind the intellect captivates us captivates us by their actions they don't have to say anything us just watching them is captivating because they live so differently and not in an awkward weird way that I don't want to be like that <laughs> in a most beautiful lovely way that I do want to be like that yes One of the names for Bhagavan Krishna is Manohara, the one who steals minds. And if you've ever observed Bhagavan Krishna, even when he's most dirty, as in there's mud on him, blood on him, etc., he's still most handsome. He's still most captivating. And that's how it starts, but more captivating than his... Mouth is what comes out of his mouth. Yes. We don't spend years studying his mouth. We do spend years studying what comes out of his mouth. A Sadhguru connects us to the Shastra. Do you remember what I said the etymology of Shastra is from last week's class? without looking at your notes, tell me in the chat room. Shasanand, which does mean discipline. The shastra captivates our intellect. A sadguru captivates our mind, A Shastra captivates our intellect. And note carefully that a sadguru and Shastra are really one unit. One uses audio, or visual is better, actions, and one uses audio, which is words. The experiences (laughs) of one who's far into independent joy, becomes the shastra. So their own experience and their own logic helps us to develop faith in the shastra. And if I can share this in a different way. The shastra guides us as to why We shouldn't live a life just of pleasure and possession and position. Gives us experience and logic. Then we are fine. We accept discipline. If you think of your family, how many times your family has told you not to be impatient, not to be frustrated, Go to sleep on time. And then as soon as someone who's not your family member, (laughs) whom you respect and love, says the same thing, automatically you do it. You become quieter. You become more polite. Yes? (laughs) When I go to people's homes, I openly tell those kids, I'm going to tell you what your parents tell you, but you're going to listen to me because I'm not your parent. You're right. <laughs> See, the Shastra is the same way. It guides us into why no. When one begins to analyze scriptures, the focus, the basis of a scripture is encapsulating virtues, encapsulating Ideals. In our history, Ramayana, there's one section called Santa Lakshana or Santa Lakshana. Both work. <laughs> Santa is one who is moving towards. Life. And there's fifty-two virtues that are highlighted. This is actually what we covered over happy hour for a year and a half. And all who have received prasad from me, that's the Santa lakshana. Yes. Another historical text is Mahabharata. Within the Mahabharata, there's the stita prajna lakshanas. These are characteristics, these are qualities of one who is Wise. If you study a scripture and feel the purpose of a scripture is technicalities, and you feel proud you know these technicalities, then you've not studied the scripture. If you study a scripture and you're overwhelmed by the technicalities, then you've also not studied a scripture. A scripture is simply encapsulating ideals, like a manual. You all engaged in your raw, yes? (laughs) You saw your blender manual, (laughs) your calculator manual. (laughs) Now mugs come with a manual. Do not put this in the dishwasher. Do not heat this too much. If you ever observe a manual, there's so many symbols there, right? Happy face. Green light, X, someone in a coffin. (laughs) They're experts in getting that message across to us, those who design these manuals. Our scriptures are the same way. We live our lives not by our hardware, but by our software. Point to me your hardware, this body and breath. Point to me your software if you have any software. <laughs> Mind, intellect, ego. Point to me your electricity. <laughs> That's infinite. You can't point to that electricity. Lift up your left hand and slap your left cheek. Just do it. It'll be hilarious. <laughs> Harder. <laughs> do you think your left hand knows that it's a left hand? Do you think your cheek now is against your left hand and will look for a caressing by your right hand? Your body and breath is hardware. Knows nothing. The software, which is the mind, intellect, ego, that's really how we live. If your mind is agitated, this class makes no sense at all. If your mind is quiet, this class makes complete sense. Yes? Now, if you go deeper than that, an ideal in the intellect, when one has an ideal, every one of their experiences becomes ideal. Like the glasses you're wearing, the, co- the corrective lenses. If your glasses are dirty, you can't see anything clearly. If your glasses are clean, you can see all clearly. And sharing this point about electricity. Everyone's hardware and electricity is the same. Everyone's software is different. All of the isms that we experience, ageism, racism, sexism, what is it pertaining to? The hardware, no? When really it's all the same. Studies have shown there's more differences in biology between short people and tall people than there is between black people and white people. Are there isms between short people and tall people? You're so short, you're like this. You're so tall, you're like this. Our shastras are a mirror to our software. The mirror, that is the scripture, shows you the condition of your software today and also shows you what the potential of your software is what your mind intellect ego can be like and finally offers the path to connect the present and the potential this is what a shastra does with audio that is words this is what a sadguru does with video that is action And you need both. This path from present to potential has different synonyms. I'm going to start with a technical one and then get into a more simplistic one. The technical one, this is like your words of the day. (laughs) Sadhya, sadhana, sadhaka. Sādhya is your potential. And your potential is infinite. Sanātana dharma means infinite nature. Sādhya is the path. This is the path to my potential. The sadhana are matters like the sandha lakshana I talked about being patient, being disciplined, being compassionate, being generous. And anyone who's trying, striving to convert values to virtues, to live up to an ideal is a sadhaka. So the sadhaka follows the sadhya and reaches the, sorry, 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 Sadaka sadhaka follows the sadhana and reaches the sadhya. I look at my map, manual, it doesn't matter what you call it, I come to know that my mind is like this. You have to know what your mind is like to be able to fix it. If you take your car, suppose you have a European car, and you take it to a dealership that doesn't work on European cars, Your car is going to be in worse condition, no? And that's financially wasteful also. So you come to know what you're like. This is what you need to do to change what you're like, and this is what it'll feel like. So that's more technical. Now I'll share this in a simpler way. Swami Chinmayananda describes religion as rehabilitation. Have any of you been to rehab before? And don't take it in such an extreme way, even physical rehabilitation. It's called physiotherapy. Oh, all of a sudden. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I've been to physiotherapy. That's what it is, no? This is the condition of your elbow right now. But this is what you're elbow should be like, so if you try these exercises, if you eat like this and sleep like this and and don't move your elbow like this, then your elbow will be like that. Now is religion more agreeable now that we call it rehab? (laughs) I was born in rehab. I shared that a sadguru captivates our minds. A Shastra captivates our intellect. I'll give you one gauge of greatness. Throughout our course, I'll give you markers on how do you know if you're growing or not. One gauge of greatness is how you utilize your intellect. Remember last week, I compared animals and humans and there's so much that is common, but animals live by instinct and humans can live by intention. But when humans only live by their mind, I want to do whatever I want to do. Discipline is bad. And that's like being an animal. Utilizing your intellect, you become more intentional, long-term in your thinking independent. That is a gauge of greatness. Our first class, the overview, was why we are the way we are. Dukkha Nivritti Sukha prati. Absence of pain, presence of peace. Our second class, To move out of dukkha nivritti, anyone can help you. To move into sukha prapti, only one who has sukha prapta can guide you. The more common term for one who's independently joyous is sadguru. Ru means breaks. Gu means impossible. And it's not sadh, if you break it up like this, it's sat Sat means nobility at a tactile level. At a relative level, it means truth. At an absolute level, it means existence. One who breaks the impossibility that we feel to live virtuously or noble in a noble way to live truthfully, to live in tune with existence, we need such a relationship to captivate our minds. Otherwise, our minds keep on being driven towards more pleasure, more possession, more peace. Extroverts only encourage extroverts. And a sadguru doesn't try to be a Sadhguru. If I go around and say, hey, you're my disciple, you're my you're my shishé. you should run away. <laughs> they don't try. That's simply how they're living. And that's what captivates our minds, because our minds are usually bored by the same company. And then all of a sudden, you see this extraordinary person who's smiling when everyone else is crying who's living simply when everyone else is living in a complex way. And what they do then is connect us to the map that they used. There's no sense of competition. Every Sadhguru wants a shisha, a disciple, to be even greater than they are. Like a sincere parent. There are insincere parents who are jealous of their own kids. But a sincere parent would want their kid to be even greater. So they connect us to the Shastra. Whenever you think of Shastra, simply think of ideals presented in the best way. How many of you have flown Southwest before? Southwest Airlines, okay. What is, and share in the chat room, what is one distinction that Southwest Airlines has that other airlines don't? They're known for this. I'm sure you can appreciate this. Peanuts, come on. (laughs) Two free bags, humor, thank you. (laughs) You're all thinking they have blue airplanes. Humor. You know with that humor when they're saying, buckle your seatbelt or don't bother your neighbor, you're laughing. You want to do that, isn't it? But when someone's falling asleep saying, manage your elbow space. Right? You, what did you say? So our Shastras like Southwest Airlines in terms of encouraging discipline. <laughs> and that discipline is Ideals. Santa lakshana, sthita pragna lakshana. Once an ideal comes into your life, you will not live by your mind, which reacts. You will live by your intellect, which responds. In next week's class, we'll continue to focus on the shastra, and I'll share with you what the master plan of our Shastras, how this is designed.
0: If you enjoyed what you heard or want to learn more, share this episode with a friend or find us online at facebook.com slash For those on the journey of self-development, Chinmaya Mission Niagara provides a community forum for seekers to listen, reflect, and contemplate. This podcast is produced by the Young Adults of Chinmai Mission, an international nonprofit working to transform individuals through the knowledge of Vedanta. Until next time, inspire, love, be.